somebody give him a praise in this house if you came ready for the word of the Lord put your hands together and give God a praise as brother Hopkins comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight Well, hallelujah. God, you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You filled them with the Holy Ghost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Not one vessel left empty, not one vessel left leading, but God filled every heart, every vessel, every life. He did it this morning and he's gonna do it again tonight. He did it this morning, he's gonna do it again tonight. I hear the question, is anything too hard for my God? I say, not at all, not at all, not at all. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Give the Lord a shout of praise. My God, oh my God, my God. If he did it before, he can do it again. I'll never forget it was April of 1995. Me and Brother Lawrence put on our sweat, the preacher preached, but I remember what I felt. And I knelt on that altar at the tender eight years of age. I lifted my hands and said, God, if you can feel anything, I want you to feel me. And while you're feeling me, will you use me? And that morning, myself and my best friend Lawrence were miraculously hard. Doesn't got it on his mind to fill you, to change you, to work on you, to help you. There stands my wife at 12 and a half years of age, tossed to and fro from her drug-using parents' house to her grandmother's house. And the parents went on down to the church house, knelt down at the altar and said, God, would you deliver us from our drugs? Would you deliver us from our alcohol? And there came a sound as if an abundance of rain, and it filled those vessels. And while he was filling them, he delivered them. I'm here to tell you tonight, my God can do anything. There ain't nothing too hard for my God. There was such a complete change in my wife's parents. When she gazed, she thought, and she said, I'm giving up this life. I'm giving up these organized sports. I'm giving up this cheerleading. And God, if you can do it for my mom and dad, I know you can do it for me. If God can deliver and fill with the Holy Ghost in the morning, God can do it at night. There ain't nothing too hard for my God. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. 
and went on down living for God. And I'll never forget when I was in need. I said, Jesus, would you meet this need right now? And it was the simple mention of his name. And he was right there. And the amazing thing is, he knew what I needed before I even asked. He's my Jehovah Jireh. If you've got a need in the house tonight, I don't care what it is. I'm telling you, he's in the house. Uh, Let me just tell you what I feel. November 15, 2020 is a red letter day at the Rock Church. We ain't never going to be the same after tonight. He's in the house, and when he's done filling every vessel, there is not a lack in his heart. There's not a lack in his storehouse. There's more. There's more. There is more. If you believe it, I want you to give God a shout of praise right now. I mean, really. Do you hear that hell? We believe God. We believe God. We believe God. I'll never forget the feeling when I realized that this just isn't mom and dad's religion anymore, but this is my religion. This isn't something that just the pastor believes, but now I hold it in my hands and I'm walking all the way to glory. And I said with the psalmist, Lord, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. Before I have the need, he's got the answer. Before I've got the question, he's got the solution. Before I've got the problem, he got the breakthrough. I serve that kind of God. I serve that kind of God. I serve that kind of God. What did you come with tonight? What did you come with tonight? What do you want the shepherd to do for you tonight? He's great. And he is able. I'm already preaching. I'm already preaching. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What do you need tonight? What is it that you're facing tonight? The great shepherd is in the house and he's looking for needs to fill. He's looking for hearts to fill. He's looking for situations to mend. The great shepherd is in the house tonight. We go on reading in that psalm. He said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. I'll never forget the feeling of being weary. When the good shepherd said, right here I've prepared a place on a Sunday night in the rock church where the spirit of God is going to breathe across your tired soul and you're going to get incredible, incredible strength for the journey. I didn't know how it was going to work, but I lifted my hands and felt the good shepherd restoring and healing and working in my soul. He's here to do it tonight. He's here to do it tonight. We come to the place, though, where the psalmist goes 
in where I have been. And I pray that by the time I'm finished tonight, every member of this congregation will go. And we've got to look very closely right after verse 3 and right in the beginning of verse 4. There's something that happens. There's something credible that happens. There's something that is undeniable that happens in the psalmist relationship. He goes from talking about the good shepherd to talking to the great shepherd. And I submit to you tonight that what happened in the psalmist relationship is that he crossed over. <laughs> I'm telling the rock church that tonight is the night that we need to cross over. <laughs> and walk into a deeper relationship with God. A closer walk with God and into a greater anointing. Rock Church, is anybody ready to cross over? Is anybody ready to cross over? I would that you would lift your voice and let hell know we're ready for the crossover. It was after he crossed over that he began to experience the great shepherd in a new and living way. When before it was just the Lord, my shepherd, I shall not want. He started to say words like, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have nothing to fear. He's looking into the eyes of the great owl when I say, and yes, I was willing to cross over. I didn't anticipate that I'd be walking under the valley of the shadow of death. But master, I trust you. I believe you're able to bring me through. So I submit to you tonight, don't just know about the great shepherd. But brother and sister, why don't you get to know the great shepherd? I'm telling you, it's about time you crossed over. Feel a deep touch of God in this house. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It wasn't before this great commitment that I found myself in a place of blessing. But now that I'm here, this relationship is much deeper and much closer. That now the good shepherd isn't just leading you beside still waters. He's not only restoring your soul, but he's literally preparing a meal for you to sit down and imbibe enjoy you talk about a fine balance when you approach a table I feel it in this house right now I feel the stillness in this house right now when the master himself with his own nail scarred hands prepares a table and when you look up it's not all your good friends and your good buddies who are on the other side of the crossover but now it's in the presence of your enemies and with a fine balance you begin to enjoy the meal that God himself has prepared. You talk 
talk about a balance of, of enjoying it because you don't want to offend the master and walking in that blessing because you don't want to offend the enemy. But nevertheless, devil, the reason I shout the way that I shout, the reason I can lift my voice the way that I do is because the good shepherd prepared this for me and I'm going to enjoy so go ahead and mock my enemies. I'm going to shout anyway. Go ahead and make fun if you will. But this meal was prepared by my master. And so when I come up to the table. I don't care what you think, devil. When they sing songs about victory, I'm claiming that victory because it belongs to me. <laughs> when they sing songs and they're just receiving the offering, baby, I'm giving everything I got because this, this was prepared by the good master. Don't mind if I shout a little bit. Don't mind if I praise a little bit. This is for, this ain't for you anyway. This is for the good shepherd that prepared this meal. Oh, there are some of you in the house tonight. Oh, you've just been enjoying and picking at the meal that the Lord, you got your pinky up and you're all refined with it. Just a moment here. I'm going to give you a few seconds. I'm going to enjoy and I'm going to tell you, you better get your attitude right and you better get your mind off of the enemy. <laughs> you better get your eyes off of hell that's telling you not to and you better get your eyes on the great shepherd and say, Jesus, this one's for you. This one's for you. You prepared this for me, and I'm going to enjoy it tonight. All right, brother and so, brother musicians, do you got a praise on the stringed instruments and organs? Do you got a praise on the cymbals and the high-sounding cymbals? And my question to everybody sitting out there, I'm going to shout like I've never shouted. I'm going to forget about my neighbor. And the enemy can look at me, but it ain't for the enemy. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Yeah, take that devil. I like the way this tastes. Good cooking master. Oh yeah, everybody enjoy that. I taste victory on the plate tonight. I taste healing on the plate tonight. I taste joy on the plate tonight. You take that devil, you take that devil. The good shepherd prepared this just for me.
Now we'd be foolish to think, Pastor Williams, that over this live streaming and those that are outside the walls of the Rock Church that are just looking and wondering what this is we're feeling, we'd be foolish to believe that every single one of them are rooting for us to go forward in revival. But I say it doesn't matter. God made this revival happen. God is the one that set these souls free this morning. And I've got to say thank you. I've got to say thank you, Jesus. There are an innumerable company of angels that are rejoicing over every soul. And tonight, the Rock Church just isn't dancing with one another, but I feel like we're dancing with angels tonight. I feel like we're dancing with angels. And the Good Shepherd is looking over and saying, there's more where that came from. Do you enjoy that freedom? Do you enjoy that love? Do you enjoy that healing? Pastor Sloss, do you enjoy that ability to give as you are receiving? I'm telling you, and so Good Shepherd, we're sitting down and we're looking right in your eyes. Forget about all your haters. Forget about all your frenemies. This meal was prepared for us tonight by God himself. <laughs> so don't mind if I lose my manners and I don't shout cute. Don't mind me if I'm enjoying this. Tears roll down my eyes because I'm walking in paths of righteousness for his name's sake just for me. In my dance, in my enjoying this is literally crushing the enemy. The answer isn't just to focus on him, but your answer is to enjoy the meal because while you're enjoying the meal, all of hell is backing up. Here we are again. Don't underestimate my praise. Brother Alden, don't underestimate. You're lifting your hands and saying, thank you, Jesus, for where you brought me from. Brother Hammond, come up here. Let's enjoy this meal together. Brothers Falaza, come sit right here. Let's enjoy this meal together. Let's thank God for the thousands of souls that are going to come to the children's ministry. Brothers Falaza, let's thank God for the, in, for the increase of the souls that are going to come to the heat. Heat, you ain't seen nothing yet. Where's the men's ministry director? Come up here, brother. Where's the men's ministry director? <laughs> My God. Up here. Come on up here, brother. Hallelujah. Let's enjoy this meal together. Can anybody remember where God brought you from? Can anybody remember the sin that had you shackled? Can anybody just say one more time, thank you. Thank you, Jesus! There ain't no meal like the meal we're eating tonight. There ain't no meat that tastes as good as the meat we're eating tonight. Pastor Sloss, come here. 
sit down by me. <laughs> Let's thank God for the revival. Let's thank God for the harvest. Let's thank God for the souls that are coming to the Rock Church. I feel old. Boy, ain't this meal good. I feel all of hell. I feel every demon that came into this house. Back it up. 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 That's right, first lady. God's going to multiply your daughters. God's going to multiply your daughters. There's going to be hundreds more that come to this house. My God, enlarge your tent. Lengthen that cords. It's harvest time at the Rock Church. <laughs> We're storming the gates of hell tonight. And it's all because the master said it's time. Praise God. Pastor Slauson, Pastor Slauson, I want you to come stand behind me. Pastor Slauson, I want you to come stand behind me tonight. <laughs> My God, we're about to do a lot of damage in hell tonight. I'm telling you, this is only the beginning of what God's got in store for us tonight. <laughs> Anybody got a little praise in you? Anybody want to lift your voice and say, thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Let me go on a little further. I got to go on a little further. We're going to get somewhere tonight in the Holy Ghost. I feel, I feel almighty. I feel so many hundreds of souls that are standing behind each of these men tonight. And tonight, I'm not preaching to what only not in their way to this house tonight. Oh, my. It was a man by the name of Naaman that was a man that was the host of the king of Syria. He was a great man, a master, and honorable. And the Lord had by his hand had delivered. But Brother Naaman had an issue. And that issue was Brother Naaman was a leper. I'm going to quickly move through this. We read about a man by the name of Cornelius that was a man that feared God with all of his household who was a giver, who was a giver, who was a giver who understood what it was when the psalmist said my cup runneth over because brother Cornelius had gone to a place where the river flowed and he, he put his vessel deep in that river flow and as the water was coming in and filling his vessel there was water coming out and blessing others when it came to the house of God on Sunday night it wasn't just about what he could receive but it was about what he could give and so while brother Cornelius was worshiping and he was receiving. There were others all around him that were being blessed. But both of these men had an issue. Both of these men had a problem. Both of these men faced something. And Brother Cornelius was suffering from a leprosy of the heart. And the answer to both of these needs was number one. I got to get me a man of God. 
I've got to get me a man that walks with God. I've got to get me a man that knows how and knows where the healing water flows. You want me to tell you one of the things that God's prepared for you is a healing and a healer. And you're looking at him right here. You better thank God every day that you got a man that knows where to lead the house and knows where to lead your soul to find the healing that you need. And the other thing is, both of these men had to go to the Jordan River. Both of these men had to be immersed in the place of healing waters. Both of these men had to depart their minds from everything. Both of these men had to be willing to say, not my will, but thine be done. And they had to surrender not only to the great shepherd, but they had to submit to the under shepherd. <laughs> Pastor, if my family has any hope of being saved, I've got to say leave. I've got to say preach to me without fear and without favor. And I'm going to tell you the only way that you're going to look behind you and see the, the monolith of goodness and mercy. And to the under shepherd. You can't preach it too hard, Pastor. 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 When it looks like all of hell is fighting you, preach on. When it looks like all of hell is fighting you, preach on. Because I've got to be saved. I've got to be saved. I want goodness and mercy to follow my every step. Oh, preach to me. Preach to me. I've got to be saved. There's no standard too hard. There's no worth with the soul of Fort Myer, Florida. I'm charging you in Jesus' name. You better not stop. You better not deviate. You better not turn around. We're depending on you. I'm preaching about souls that aren't even born yet. I hear their cry. I'm preaching about family members that are represented in this house. Preach it, Pastor. Preach it, Pastor. Preach it, Pastor. We're going to live it. And if he's going to preach it, I'm charging every member of this church, you better live it. You better live it on Monday. You better live it when you're on vacation with your family members. 
You better live it when you're on the beach and there ain't no church members watching you. I'm tired of a Pentecost that has two sets of standards, one for the house of God and one for when they're with their family. If it's wrong in the house, it's wrong outside of the house. If he's going to preach it, then pastor, we're committing to you that just as hard as you preach it, that's how hard we're going to live it. <laughs> Hell's watching your response right now. I'm just telling you. Hell is watching your response right now. So I'm going to say that again. Pastor, just as hard as you preach it, that's how hard we're going to live it. Satan has no part in this church. Hell has no stronghold in this church. We're going forward. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. <laughs> I see goodness and mercy. And it's all hinged upon the fact we're going to live it. I'm going to live it. Pastor, preach it. I'm going to live it. Pastor, preach it. I'm going to love it. Brother Sralaza, don't hold back. Next you service, you preach with all your heart. You preach as over a thousand young people because there are. There are souls on board that you're preaching to. Brother Hammond, when you organize that Sunday school department, you organize it with this in mind. There are thousands that are on their way. And brother, we ain't building it big enough yet. We're just getting started. We are just getting started. Oh, clap your hands if you believe it tonight. Ha. I'll meet you in the morning when you reach the promised land on the other side of the Jordan for I'm bound for the promised land roll Jordan roll I want to hear and go up to heaven when I die to hear old Jordan roll Jordan rivers roll and cross it I tell you cross it cross Jordan's dangerous river my brother you better take care of Satan and you better take care of self because my army is crossing over my brother you better deal with Satan for my army is crossing over this is a spiritual song that was sung by the slaves, and it was a code song. There's something special about the songs we sing. You see, the enemy doesn't understand why we sing the way we do. And there are messages intertwined in our songs that the enemies and the angels just sit there and scratch their head and wonder, what in the world are they singing? Just like those old slave masters did back then, what the message was. was if, brother, if you could just get... To the Ohio or the Mississippi River, you're going to step into the river, decide a slave. But if you'll fight the current, and if you'll move through that current, no matter what, if you stay focused on the goal, when you emerge on the other side, that slavery will be washed away in the crack. Crossover! I'm telling you, it's time to cross over! I'm ready. I'm ready. I am ready to cross the Jordan. Oh, my. 
This is the crazy thing about Israel. They were given that promised land. And everybody crossed the Red Sea, but not everybody. Not everybody crossed the Jordan. <laughs> we're all in the house tonight. Come on up here, brother. I want you to come stand by me. <laughs> We've all been washed in the beautiful name of Jesus. Every individual, not just the corporate body. I'm asking you. I want you to pretend that it's only me and you in the room right now. Are you going to cross the Jordan? Are you willing to fight the current, to step out on the other side without those chains of self-doubt, those chains of insecurity, those chains of self-incrimination, those chains of condemnation? Are you willing to step in? Are you willing to step in? Are you willing to cross to the other side? Are you, uh, I, I, I got I to say this again. I, I, I'm not one of these preachers that preaches for response. I am not. But I'm telling you that there are angels that are scattered among us tonight. And at the same time, when I open my spiritual eyes, I see demons of hell that are lining these walls looking for their next prey. Let me tell you about these demons. They can't survive the river of the Jordan. They can't survive the current of the Jordan. And so when I ask you, are you ready to cross over? We're, in the, we're, eating, we're dining tonight in the presence of our enemies. I don't know how long I've been preaching, but I, we're, we're traveling tonight. We're and so when I ask you, are you ready and are you willing to cross the Jordan? I want you to remember that tonight the Lord has prepared this table in the presence of our enemies. And they're watching. And while they're watching, there's an innumerable company of angels that are saying one thing. Say yes. Because when you start across the Jordan, there is a divine force that comes behind you in the form of goodness and mercy. And it directs your every step in the river. And so I'm going to ask you one more time. Is anybody in this house ready to cross the Jordan? Hear that hell! Crossing over. <laughs> and so Moses in his last message, Pastor, you talk about a sad message. He says, I've led you for 40 years. I've led you for 40 years. I, from where I'm standing, I can see the promise. God didn't just bring you out with a mighty hand from the furnace of iron and coal to leave you out here. I can't cross. I can't cross. I wasn't able to control the nature in me of anger when it mattered. But whatever you do, children, you must go and you must cross and you must pose every promise that God 
has given you. And that closes the book of Exodus. That closes the book of the Exit. And that begins the book of the Isodus. There begins the book of the entrance. I didn't just start on this journey at eight years of age to enjoy the exit. Baby, all the hell that we fought together to get here to Fort Myers. Yes, but I'm looking for the Pastor, you and I didn't just accept the call of God to enjoy nice suits and ties and trips to Jamaica. That's not what it's about. We've got something else on our mind. We're going to take these people that hear us and ourselves and our own souls. We're going to enter in. We're going to enter in to every promise that God has given us. I'm preaching to young men tonight that are literally in the throes and in the valley of decision. And you're wondering, is it worth taking the call? Is it worth leaving family? Is it worth leaving my friends? Is it worth the sacrifice? I'm here to tell you. God didn't just bring you out so that you could enjoy, but God brought you out so that he could bring you in. God didn't just bring you out so that you could enjoy, but God has a future for you. God's got a promise for you. God wants to use you, and the best thing you can do is say, I'm going to cross. I'm going to cross. I'm going to cross. I'm going to cross. Oh, my. You know what I feel like doing right now? I feel like praying for the future of some of these young people. We're going to stop right now. We're going to pray over these young people's future. Come here, young man. I want you to come and represent every young man. Come here. I want you to represent every young lady. My pastor, we're doing business tonight. We are doing business tonight. And I'm asking every member of this house... He represents every young man that is in this house that is a future preacher, a future Sunday school teacher, a future musician. And this young lady right here represents every young lady that's a pastor's wife, that's a missionary's wife. I'm telling you, they're in this house tonight. And so we're going to stretch our hands and we're going to pray over their future right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm praying for every future of every young man in this house. God, there are men of valor that are in this house. <laughs> and I'm praying you'd give them the courage to cross over. I'm praying for every young lady in this house right now, God. I'm pleading the blood over their future. Give them the courage to cross over. Give them the strength 
to cross over and say yes to you. To not count the cost, but God to say yes. To say yes. Yeah. Thank you, Shepherd, for preparing this meal for us tonight. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's clap our hands right now and give God thanks for what He's done. Uh, uh, hallelujah. And I, I'm going to end right here. Pastor and Sister Williams, if you'll join me right here to my right. If you'll join me. This young man and this young lady, I want you to, to just, just, Pastor, if you'll face me and your wonderful first lady. And these men, Pastor Sloss, go stand behind. Pastor, stand behind Brother Sloss. Just line up. And you young men, line up right there. And we're Heaven, help us tonight. It was Jacob who was running for his life, running from his brother. He did not know what the future held, but he knew, I've got to run with all of my might. And if I could tonight bring Jacob to this platform and ask Jacob, Jacob, would you tell this church when the moment was when it all changed? Brother Jacob would say, I'm not worthy of the least of all these mercies and of all of this truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over Jordan. All I knew is that I had to get to the Jordan and I had to cross. All I knew is that I was tired of living this life of running and I had to accept what God had for me and I had to cross over the Jordan. I'm talking to a young man again. Quit running. Quit running. You're going the wrong direction. You're still thanking God for the Red Sea when he wants you to cross the Jordan. Quit running from your call. You know what? There are young men in this house that need to go to your pastor and your pastor's wife tonight. Some young ladies that need to go to sister, first lady and say, after tonight, you're never going to have to worry about me again. There was Gideon who was told that he was a mighty man of valor. And if I could call Brother Gideon to this platform tonight and say, Brother Gideon, could you tell me, when was the moment where you realize that you were the man matched for the task. He would say, Brother Hopkins, Pastor Williams, and those assembled at the Rock Church, I came to the Jordan and I crossed over. And that's when I If I could call King David to the platform in all of its glory with a golden crown and fine linen, he would march to this platform in kingly estate. And I would say, King David, can you?
you tell me the moment when it all changed? How did you handle, I want you to hear me, parents, how did you handle Absalom? How did you handle that unruly child that was raised under your roof? And King David would look at me and say, well, one morning I arose and I and my men that were with me, we passed over the Jordan. And that's when God literally bought everything in the balance. And God dealt with my Absalom and God raised Solomon. Parents, you need to cross the Jordan. And there's another young, beady-eyed, fiery preacher that I just wish I could bring before this congregation tonight. And his name is Elisha would say, Brother Elisha, <laughs> when was the scene just hanging out and being one of the nicely suited boys? He would say it was one day <laughs> when I didn't care what the cost was. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. I, I feel like saying this. There was a time in my life when I had to leave every friend that I had. There was a time in my life when literally I was under the shadow of death. And there were men and women that were praying against my decision. But I had to be willing to count the cost. That was the moment. I know, Brother Elisha, I know it wasn't easy. But I, too, had to cross the Jordan. And Brother Elisha would say, when I cross the Jordan, that's the moment that Everybody knew that I was a man of God. Pastor Williams, you have that experience too. I ask God every day, don't let me forget the pain. Don't let me forget the suffering. Don't let me forget the loneliness. And that's what brings balance when you're dining in the presence of your enemies. Because those that are unbroken, those that don't know, but they enjoy the anointing without brokenness, that's the road to danger. Those that enjoy the presence of God without ever having crossed over. Oh. The scripture says that at harvest time, the Jordan does this crazy thing 
it, it, it overflows its banks. And so the moment that tells me the way to know that it's your time to cross the Jordan is when all of hell is fighting you. And the scripture says you've run with the footmen and you've run with the horsemen. But what I want to know is how are you going to do in your moment when the king says, cross over. How are you going to do when the Jordan swells? And it's said that if you're ever going to cross a river, the way to do it, I want you guys to help me. Just line up behind Bishop. You, you, you link up, put your arm on the shoulder of somebody in front of you. You link up, you link up. And in everywhere, 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 you listen to me. Everywhere where the priest's feet stand firm, that's where my feet are going. Pastor, I don't care the slave length. If you're going to stand firm right there, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Pastor, if you're going to preach no TV and no Hollywood in this church, that's where your feet stand. Fullness. There are some young ladies that are going to stand right there with you. You aren't going to stand alone. First lady, if you're going to do your hair in a godly way, and if you're going to endure the looks of those that are unsaved, and if you're going to bring angels into the house with your uncut hair, there are some young ladies that are going to stand right there with you. You don't stand alone, First Lady. We're with you. And I'm going to end with this. Pastor, seven years ago, you crossed a bridge. Yesterday, seven years ago, in the Fort Myers. You had your wife with you. And you had your sons behind you. But tonight, the rock church is standing with you. Every member of this house, First Lady, we're behind you. And Pastor, you testified to me today that when you crossed that bridge, you said there is new dominion in town and this city's never going to be the same. This November 15th, 2020, a year and a day later, we've committed to you that we're going to walk with you. One year and a day ago, you drove over a bridge.
you're going to walk across this platform. And when you walk across this platform, I want you to feel souls that are behind you. First lady, when you walk across this platform, I want you to hear thousands of roots that are saying, your God is going to be my God. Where you dwell, that's where I want to dwell. I left my mother, I left my father, I left everything, and first lady, I'm with you. And where you're buried, that's where I want to be buried. It was only your sons behind you a year and a day ago, first lady. But there are literally thousands of young that are behind you tonight. And pastor, just be careful where you put your feet because behind you, that's where we're going to put our feet. I don't know how this is going to work, but all I know is I feel divine anointing, I feel divine appointment, and I feel an innumerable company of angels, and I feel the good shepherd himself to take us across. We've linked up. And we're in unity. And in the Holy Ghost, I'm charging you to lead us across the Jordan. Say yes, we're submitting. 